Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, and always brought to uh, you by Leap Spirits Vodka, the best vodka in Wisconsin or anywhere, and Wags, we're making cocktails. What do you have in store today? Yeah, we're going to do a Wisco Mule. So, uh, to start off with, we're going to do a ice-filled copper mug, and always using our Leap Spirits Vodka, one and a half ounces. And this is a really simple drink. You can do this at any tailgate. Um, and then we're going to do a little splash of Contreau or Grand Marnier. And then just spill with your favorite ginger beer, about four ounces. Garnish with a lime. And even when the kids are screaming in the tailgate, drink tastes delicious. Here you go. Let me try. Anybody who's a parent knows you got to have one once in a while. Go back, go. Go back, go. Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave the wish of good luck Only thing I will Good evening, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane uh, unfortunately, it's going to be another round of therapy here in our recap session tonight as the Packers dropped another one on the road here in week seven in Washington, 23 to 21. And, uh, Dane, so we're going to break down the game. We're going to ask some existential questions here. Uh, but Packers are in an unfamiliar position, three and four. And, um, unfortunately, we said coming into this recap that these past three weeks, we were thinking was going to be the easiest part of the schedule coming in the season and we lose three in a row. So, uh, I already know how you're feeling tonight. So I don't have to ask you that. Uh, but Dane, um, 24 hours later, I guess just going to start with the existential question. Uh, what, what, what can the Packers do just in a big picture sense? Is the season over? There's a lot of football to be played. Uh, but what is your general feeling as this team uh, reaches almost a halfway point below 500? Yeah. Um, hey, good, good evening, Wags. Um, so, it, the question does truly become, are they kind of a buyer or seller at this point, right? A, a lot of folks talk about, oh, the Packers need to go out and get a wide receiver. But I mean, at, the, at this stage in the season, you've got to look at a couple things. The first is any of the free agents out there, namely Odell Beckham, are the Packers really an appetizing spot for him to go? And and I imagine that there's probably some other guys on his shortlist or, or locations on his shortlist at this point. Um, so then the second question becomes, do the Packers truly want to give up draft capital to go get a wide receiver? And I'm not sure, so sure that this team is in position to do so right now. Um, or are they maybe looking to unload a guy here or there heading into a, a potential rebuild? Um, because the way that the Packers look right now, the defense looks good enough. The offense looks nowhere near good enough. And that's not a great place to be seven games into the year. This is a team that doesn't really have an identity still. And as you said, we're halfway through the year almost. So um, is the season over? It's getting close to it, but it's not a very good NFC this year. Now, are the Packers true contenders this year? We have not seen anything this year yet to you know make us suggest that they are uh, contenders. So that's where we're at right now. We're in a bit of a no man's land. And that's not a great place to be because right now we're lacking a little bit of direction. And that's that's kind of my perspective, big 30,000 foot going in after week seven, losing three in a row in what was supposed to be the softest part of our calendar. Yeah. And, you know, can't look too far ahead, especially as we've seen the last three weeks and how that's gone. Certainly, this week is going to be, we knew this would be the hardest game of the season before the season at Buffalo. Um, so odds are stacked against us. Uh, and then after that, it's the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Titans on a Thursday night. So, and then the Eagles um, the, the following week. So it's, you know, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, there's it, p- potentially a, a 
uh, games that they can win, but not the way they're playing right now. So exactly. it, it's hard to look at that next stretch and, and see a lot of opportunities um, unless Packers start playing a heck of a lot better than they have been. Um, so you're asking the question, are we... I think a lot of people have been saying, well, we need receiver help, we need receiver help. Uh, and it sounds like, Dane, you're not necessarily advocating for this, but is it just as likely that we might be sellers as we are buyers? Uh, so trade deadline, I believe, is November 1st. Uh, I, I don't know if I would expect to see anything happen here this week. Uh, but, you know, it, just to allow ourselves, it's it's never a thought I like to have, but uh, where where would you see the Packers selling off pieces uh, on this team. Cause you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't see a lot of obvious guys that necessarily have tradable value that it would make sense for the Packers too. Uh, but um, who, who are some pieces that you think uh, we should be watching uh, potentially over the next week? I mean, I'd have to look a little, you know, closer. It's something I, I, I can't stomach thinking about too much, but off the top of my head, somebody like a Robert Tunyon, um, it's a league that's thin on tight ends. He's got a low cost. He's a one-year guy. Um, so, you know, if you're, a, if you're a competitive team looking for tight end help, most teams are right now. I think Tanyan would be a prime example of a guy where the Packers could potentially trade off. And again, I haven't put too much thought into this because it's kind of painful to think about those types of things. But <laughs> offensively, he's probably the number one guy I would target off the top of my head. Okay, so we're not looking at, you know, we're not going to be trading any guys that we would be expecting to get high-end picks from. It would just be more on the fringes. Not that Ro- so. Robert Tunney is a fringe guy, but the reality is, you know, I think we'd be lucky to get a fifth-round pick for Yeah, one, right one year tight end, half a year tight end rental, right? I mean, the, Yeah, the I, I don't even know if we precious. would get that, but maybe. Right. Like, that's that's kind of the reality is 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 – is we're not probably, I, I don't see us, you know, selling the farm. You know, I, one of our buddies offline mentioned Aaron Jones, and I said, well, if if we if you want to see a Packer offense score five touchdowns the rest of the season, uh, then I suppose you can entertain that thought. But, uh, you know, just from contract-wise, I don't think that would make a lot of sense. So, Dane, I, I know that we're in a weak moment here. I, mm-hmm. I don't see the team getting in selling mode. I do think um, – it might be setting ourselves up because we always have this endless hope of of adding a big name player in either a trade or uh, in free agency in the middle of the season. And um, you can go back a long way. Uh, I, I remember the first time I got fully invested in it was when Marshawn Lynch was available and he got traded from Buffalo to Seattle. Uh, boy, that would have been a, a nice guy to pick up for a fifth round pick, I believe, is all Seattle sent to, to Buffalo to get him. So um, Odell Beckham last year, maybe we tried. Uh, I don't know if we tried hard enough. Uh, you could argue that maybe he would have been a difference maker. He went and won a ring with the Rams. Um Maybe against uh, the 49ers, having another guy uh, aside, Devontae Adams would have helped. Uh, we don't know. Uh, but uh, right now, this team has fundamental issue that's, right. that goes beyond, you know, adding uh, another talented receiver or another, you know, talented uh, D lineman or whatever you want to do to try to upgrade this roster. Uh, because I, I, I honestly, the talent. Obviously, at wide receiver, we've got some depth issues now with some injuries on top of of uh, probably not the the highest level talent to begin with. But you know, it, it's not necessarily to me a personnel issue right now. Um, the existential thing that I think we've been talking a lot about is identity, and we're just fighting against ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're trying to make things work and figure things out and it's week seven, and these are things we should have sorted out in the preseason in week one. Uh, and so, you know, it just look, getting into this game, Dane, uh, you know, we if I would have told you before the game, and or let's say you didn't watch this game, and I told you, well, Aaron Jones caught nine passes and scored two touchdowns. The Packers were up 14-3 to three after the first quarter, and we got a defensive pick six. How much would have you said we would have won by? No, right. I, I mean, the odds are I'd say 95% chance this Packer team wins, and they're, they're running away with it, too, um, you know, rolling early. And, of course, I mean, look what actually happened, right? 
Yeah, and but the thing is, is that when you're bad at something, when you have a bad unit, it's just like last year with the special teams. It's it's something new every week. You're fighting against yourselves. You overcorrect. You try to do something different. And maybe that thing that you're trying to do differently, a la get Aaron Jones more involved in the pass game, works. But then, you know, it's something else. It, you know, are you forcing the issue? We had so many drops this week. And you can say, well, if we wouldn't have had all those drops, maybe this offense would have looked a lot better. Yeah, possibly. But here's the thing. When you're bad it's always going to be something that you're fighting against yourself. And that's what we saw with the special teams last year. And that's what we're seeing with this Packers offense this year. Um, and special teams, again, honestly, we've got an Amari Rogers problem. Um, outside of that, I thought the special teams was fine yesterday. They were, you know, I, I can't just, you know, brush it under the rug uh, because it, it was a problem yesterday. But um you know, for the most part, coverages were fine. I thought Pat O'Donnell was good. Everything looked fine, special teams-wise, from my eyes. Um, but, you know, again, now here we are, week seven. We said before the season, why aren't we bringing in an, a, another return man to compete and take reps in the preseason uh, uh, with Amari Rogers? And now we're in week seven, and, and we're going on Twitter and seeing that Amari Rogers has as many receptions as he has fumbles <laughs> um, after fumbling uh, the ball career. on yeah, another it's punt. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, in his, in his career. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, well, he got a hat, one ahead now because he got a couple of receptions yesterday. But, but Dane, I mean, you know, so these are these are the things that I think we're all frustrated by is that lack of identity, that lack of sense of urgency and accountability. Um, unfortunately, I think our coaching staff is getting – you know, severely outcoached. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it kind of goes back to, you know, you go back a few weeks. We were able to escape that New England game. But, you know, the great Bill Belichick, did he expose some things? Uh, and that's 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 the problem with having some of those types of, of games on your schedule is uh, you know, they, that can really make things difficult for the next few weeks unless you make adjustments and play better. And unfortunately, we haven't had a offensive group that's been able to make the right adjustments and play better. And that's why we keep seeing these frustrating results. Yeah. Um, so I just have to say it right away. Um you know, $50 million man, Aaron Rodgers, has not looked sharp this year. Um, the stats, throw the stats out from yesterday. Anybody who watched the game, you know, the, the stats make it look like a far more impressive performance than it ended up being. I mean, I think Aaron had 46 yards passing in the first half, which is absolutely unacceptable. Um, yes, there were drops. And, and we see, you know... Uh, Natasha and saying we don't. Uh, I, I'm not buying. We we don't have a wide receiver problem. We absolutely have a wide receiver problem. I agree. Um, we have a wide receiver yeah. problem. Um, a major wide receiver problem. Uh, we also have quarterback problem right now. Aaron has not looked like the Aaron Rodgers that um, that I think that we all expect. I think he's forcing it too much. Um, the decision making has not been anywhere near where it needs to be. He's been um, hopping passes there. Um, even late in the game, legs the Romeo Dobbs. Um, wide open, could have almost handed him the ball. I mean, I'm speaking a bit in hyperbole, but it's right there. I think you and I maybe could have gotten it to him once in a while um, with with where he was at on the field. And, you know, after the play, Rodgers, you know, maybe rightfully mad, maybe not, you know, was saying, what are you doing? But the reality is, is, you know, he's wide open. You can hit him and it's a first down. And it just, it, Rodgers hasn't looked sharp. He hasn't even looked relatively sharp. He's, he was outplayed yesterday by Heineke, um, who that's just not acceptable um, at this stage uh, in, in the game. And that's been a huge anchor to this offense is we do have a quarterback problem in addition to the wide receiver problem. So um, I have to say it, it's it's very frustrating to say Rodgers is my favorite player ever. Um, but this has been a very bad year for Aaron Rodgers. This, this, if he's, if he doesn't have Rodgers and the, and the cred at the end of his name, and he's a second year quarterback, he might not be starting next week. He's been this bad. So it's a problem at this point for me. Yeah, um, it's the the long passes, and he had guys wide open yesterday. And I mean, it, it, it says it says it all uh, when Sammy Watkins draws a pass interference, and yeah, maybe he let up a little bit after he he drew that contact, but 
they throw, they pick up the flag because Aaron can't get it within 20 yards of them. Right. And it's so like, my goodness. I mean, that's, that's just, that's, that just says it all. That's dumbfounding earlier. Uh, Romeo Dobbs on a rollout wide open and, and, and Aaron overshot him by, by 10 yards. So it's, it's, it's not that he's having to force the ball into such tight windows that, it's not giving this offense a chance. Um, I don't see that at all. I agree with you, Damien. And, and it's a little bit befuddling because uh, we had the protection yesterday. So that kind of leads into some silver linings. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the reshuffling of this offensive line, even with the late last minute scratch of David Bakhtiari. This offensive line, that was another thing that I could have told you in the stat-wise. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't get sacked. He didn't get pressured, and he got one quarterback hurry and 35 pass attempts, and he was extremely inefficient passing the ball. Uh, we were 0 for 6 on third down, and, yeah, we had a lot of drops, but I'm going to tell you, Dane, it, it was not rhythm throws. There there was um, – uh, Romeo Dobbs had a tough day, yes, in some respects, but uh, quite honestly, a few of his targets, he wasn't really put in the best position to be successful. Um, one of them that you referenced, he got the ball got thrown at his feet, and he's right. doing kind of a, a crossing so route. I, I mean, that's a really difficult catch to try to make. Um, you know, on that fourth down play, I know initially there was a little bit of frustration that Dobbs didn't get to the sticks and hang on to the ball, uh, but I thought the uh, uh, announcing crew did a great job after coming back from timeout and highlighting that Sammy Watkins just completely whiffed. That would have been a walk in the park first down if that corner gets blocked by Sammy Watkins. So, you know, it's not even just the, the young guys that are making these mental mistakes and errors. On the defensive side of the ball, in that first half, you said Taylor Haneke outplayed Rodgers in the second half. Yes, but in the first quarter, yeah. Haneke could have had four interceptions. And, I mean, Razul Douglas could have had two or three interceptions, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he didn't get any of those. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'm not pointing the finger at Razul Douglas, but we've got to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when we get them. And, unfortunately, we didn't. So, even though I put most of uh, the blame squarely on the offense for most of these last three losses, to be honest with you, the defense hasn't been lights out, but they've certainly, as you said, played good enough good for enough. us to win these ball games. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it right. doesn't help it doesn't help when the offense can't convert a first down and hold on to the ball and put the drive together and the defense is have, having to be out there for 35 to 38 minutes. Um offense runs 47 plays, the other team runs 74. I mean, it's <laughs> right. just a, a it's a crazy ask for this defense when we're we're putting them in those situations time and time again and so it's really hard for me to be too hard on this defense. I thought they held it together as well as you could expect in an NFL game. Yeah, I mean, Wags, I think I saw a stat that um, the defense had to be out there for 11-minute-plus um, drives twice in that game. I mean, that's just not fair to, to put those guys back out there time and again. You've got to think your defender out there and the offense stalls again. At a certain point, they're looking at each other like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> i got to go back out there and get after it again. Yeah, I can't even get a minute to, to just catch breath and get a glass of water. I mean, it's you, to your point, it's unrealistic. Um, now, I do see some, some chatter in the comments um, uh, about some of the the highlights, right? And I think uh, you mentioned maybe maybe one of the uh, silver linings, and Natasha said it too in our comment line. Um, Zach Tom played really good ball. I thought yesterday, first NFL start at left tackle, but Wags cohesively as a unit. Um, yeah, it wasn't the best day we've seen out of a Packer offensive line, but this calendar year. This is the best we've seen this Packer offensive line perform, and that's without David Bakhtiari. They looked good. They looked fast. They looked like they had a different attitude a little bit, too, and I liked that about them. Yeah, and we can't say that the coaching staff never makes adjustments because that was a major reshuffling yesterday. But the fact is, we were just much stronger up the middle. And I thought, you know, you're right. It was more of an attitude um, across the board. I like what they did, though. 
because uh, at first it's like, well, scratching your head at first glance, why did we move the guys that were on the left side over to the right side and then start Zach Tom, his yeah. first start at left tackle? Well, clearly the plan all week was for David Bakhtiari to be at left tackle, and this was going to be the group. And so, you know, as Zach Tom, I saw, didn't know he was starting until uh, Saturday. So it's it's just an interesting thing um, for for that to happen. He just played, you know, great ball. Um, so it, it's... I, I, it was unplanned in the respect of David Bakhtiari getting uh, scratched, but I like that they stuck to the plan. And honestly, they had more uh, cohesiveness. I think having Elton Jenkins back inside makes a significant difference. Um, I, you know, John Runyon Jr., I'll give him a lot of credit, hasn't played right guard, uh, moved over, and uh, collectively uh, having Jenkins and Myers and John Runyon Jr. in there in the interior and uh, Royce Newman moving into a backup role just strengthened this offensive line significantly. So uh, that is definitely a silver lining that I think that we can take away moving forward. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't erase the fact that we lost yesterday and that we are now three and four and the we've got a difficult part of our schedule coming up uh but it's it's something that hopefully um can start to build some cohesiveness and an identity and who knows maybe we, maybe the packers can turn things around to the extent that they can get a surprise win uh to offset some of these surprise losses that they've had and wags you know staying on the o-line for just another second uh we're talking about a team that collectively just it seems like there's always some kind of letdown somewhere and it was good to see you've got five guys up front all working together with one common goal and that's really important when you know and I'm not talking just specifically offensive line we've seen breakdowns across the board with this team throughout the year so to see these five kind of get after it yesterday and have a bit of a chip on their shoulder I saw more fire out of the offensive line this last week than I have all year. They seem like they had that attitude. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it starts there. It starts with that offensive line, and we can build off that. So I was really pleased to see that. Yeah, yeah, and that makes it all the more befuddling that we got away from trying to run the ball in the second and third quarter. Now, okay, okay. is it the chicken or the egg? Can we not get a first down? Is that why we weren't running? Or if we ran more, could we get more first downs? Uh, that's that's like the ultimate question right now. And it's a bit rhetorical, but I kind of tend to side to the if we ran the ball more, maybe we'd move the chains um, and get that rhythm going. Uh, and that's that's what I would have really liked to see because um, I couldn't have been more pleased with the way that the offense looked in that those first two series. Uh, now, granted, Alan Lazard had a drop on third down in the first series and they had to punt the ball. But uh, I thought that we really showed a, a rhythm and, and I, I just, the eye test to me in that first series, I thought they were going to go down and score. Um, and so maybe they would have, if Lazard wouldn't have dropped that ball. Uh, second series, uh, they kept up right where they left off. Aaron Jones gets seven touches in the first quarter and then quarters two and three, uh, he kind of disappears again and he got involved again in the fourth quarter. Now, uh, some folks are going to say, I saw, you know, Ryan Wood on Twitter, uh, Packer beat writer, uh, was trying to make the point that Aaron Jones, if you look at the percentage, uh, of, of touches to the, the number of plays the Packers ran, uh, his, his number of touches were really high. I mean, it was almost 40%. So that's pretty absurd. So you can't claim that Aaron Jones didn't get enough touches again. However, I will still go back to the chicken or the egg theory of had we gotten him more touches in that second and third quarter, what if we got more first downs, more plays? So, Dane, I'm going to kick that over to you. What do you think about that? Because I know we can't answer the question, but, um, you know, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are as well. Yeah, I mean, we've been advocating for it. I think um, yesterday, even in the game, um, I was I was going off on Twitter a little bit because um, there are moments where, you know, Jones has these touches and he looks like, you know, okay, we've got a hot hand now. And then they go they go right to a pass and then they mix in AJ Dillon and I'm kind of just like, what are we doing? Like just just ride the hand. Aaron Jones is fine. He's not he's not, you know, sucking wind over there. You can tell he just wants to keep moving. So at a certain point it's like, how about we we don't outsmart ourselves? and just do it until they stop us. And we, we seem to have a penchant for just 
going away from it because we think that it's the smart decision to do instead of just beating a you know beating them down into submission running the football other teams have done it to the Packers defense over the years in the run game they just stuck to it and the Packers for whatever reason under Matt LaFleur they seem to want to go to something else and try to like play the game of trickery instead of just doing what works until it's stopped and I don't understand that it's simple yeah yeah, I mean, that goes back to identity crisis, fighting against ourselves, and that's that's the number one issue right now. And, and you know, you mentioned A.J. Dillon. Unfortunately, um, I he's been underwhelming as well, just individually in his performance the last few weeks. And I don't know if it's because of the game flow and not really getting the ball in the right situations um, or, you know, it – if there's other reasons for that, but I know he's a better player than what he's, he's done out there. So I think it's really on the, the coaching staff to figure out how to properly utilize Aaron Jones, first of all. And then, you know, when we need AJ Dillon to take some of the load off of Aaron Jones, um, figuring out how to properly utilize him. Um, and you've been saying enough with this balance every other. Mm-hmm type situation I want he gets a touch I get a touch I don't think that's serving either of them very well it's not serving the team very well so um so that is is something that hopefully they'll continue to fix as we move forward as well um Dane I think we need to take a break um, right before we take a break um and and we've got awesome chatter tonight in the in the comments we love you guys we're reading all this and appreciate that um I, I saw some comments about the third and fourth and short stuff and I just I have to get it off my chest that fourth and one drove me absolutely bonkers. The Packers are running the ball extremely well. And then they go to that fourth and one. Hey, Shadid, what's up? And we went, you know, we go to that fourth and one and and throw that ball to Romeo Dobbs. And I just, I hated that play in that situation because I thought that Washington was on their heels. And even if they knew that we were running the ball up the middle, I don't think they were stopping it on that fourth and one. We had the momentum. I think we were going to blow them off the line. So I just didn't understand it. It drove me absolutely bonkers. And I'm not sure if maybe, do you disagree with me? Obviously, it didn't work out big picture. But my gosh, that was frustrating. I don't care if it's A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. One of those guys is going to get you half a yard in a first down. I hate it when Lafleur calls a run up the middle on on third or fourth and short so i have a hard time agreeing with you like i don't disagree with you in principle um we do need to run the ball i i don't like to just run it up the middle thing it seems like that has failed a lot over Mm -hmm. the lafleur tenure um it's hard because honestly i think that was a pretty good play call if you look at it uh, they just didn't execute and and that's what it comes down to Uh, and and no, go ahead. If, if, you know, you can go go and talk about the execution. If Sammy Watkins lays his block, you know that's an that's he, Romeo Dobbs. You know that's an easy first down and and perhaps a pretty big game. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're getting a little too creative for an offense that's struggling. I think that I could get on board with. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes into the game saying we need to simplify and a guy that's new to the team and has been on the IR the last 4 weeks, it has to go on and and execute on a you know, not a difficult play, but maybe not one that he's been practicing a lot and it didn't work out. So is that part of the overthinking process? So that part I definitely agree with you. Um it's you know it's just one of those things Dan that um, you can pick apart the play calling all you want I know that normally in a functioning offense you want to have some unpredictability throwing the ball on first and second down is normally a, a, a more effective and more efficient way to run an offense in the NFL uh, but uh, unfortunately because teams are daring us to do that and they're playing coverage and we're not getting the right sync we've got to change something so from that standpoint i i'm definitely all aboard the let's just run the ball until the defense stops us training yeah and and natasha and saying fourth and one you put rogers in a shotgun with a 240 pound bowling ball behind him are the packers allergic to getting underneath the center and just pounding the rock i i i get there's a time and place for shotgun run the ball but my gosh that seems to be our base set these days and it just drives me bonkers i'm maybe i'm just frustrated get off my lawn wags but i am not happy about what's happening right now 
Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that's a good t- point to take a break. So, folks, stick with us here. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so, imagine Mason Crosby lining up for an onside kick. We really would have liked to see that yesterday. Chance of regaining possession may have been slim, but the stakes are high. Tension is higher. Packers have lost two games in a row. Your pulse is racing. He kicks it. You watch this as the ball lands. And then every day feels this way with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, So DraftKings right now is offering some unbeatable offers. Any $5 bet, and you can get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Wags, check it out. In addition to the unusual, or the, excuse me, the usual bats, because they're always usual here, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, going into tonight, I know Chicago Bears are playing New England. I'll always bet against the Bears every time I can because, you know, they're the Bears. And I, I wouldn't trust them as far as I can. And home, I am not as strong as I used to be. But Wags, get this, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on a stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Yep, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPM to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any NFL game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so Dane, I think coming back, honestly, I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover on the offense. We kind of touched on the defense a little bit. The one thing that I really wanted to hit on the defense before we talk about Amari Rogers a little bit more in the special teams Mm -hmm. is Jair Alexander, I think, has played overall you know, really good football in the last few weeks. He's really gotten unleashed. Yesterday, I know he got beat for the long touchdown by Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, what What do you think happened on that last series, though, for Washington? Uh, you know, I know Taylor Haneke, the, the last one he just threw, chucked it up in the air. It was, a, it was a flying duck. I thought that they were really lucky. Uh, but, you know, was there a you know, uh, a focus issue there. Uh, Jair also could have knocked uh, McLaurin out of bounds to stop the clock before the two minute warning. Uh, and, and McLaurin just I, uh, fought him. And there, there was a, almost like he just had more desire. Um, and so I'm not, I don't want to call Jair out. I, I don't think that's a situation that we would see happen very often. He went through the first, uh, two and a half quarters honestly basically shutting McLaurin down right. uh, but unfortunately he got what he asked for and late in the game um, uh, McLaurin was able to beat Jair and uh, was really instrumental in icing this game so uh, just kind of curious your thoughts mm-hmm. on that because again I, I you know that's gonna happen but I, I just felt like there were a couple of situations there that um, Jair for whatever reason just didn't have the you know the high level uh, uh, play uh, that he normally does on just a couple of those specific plays. So, yeah. Dane, what, what would you attribute that to? And do you think that we just stick with it? And you know that's just it's a good wide receiver beating a good cornerback, and that that'll happen occasionally. Or was there just a, a little bit of a lack of of uh, you know finishing things and staying mentally sharp as as the game unfolded there at the end? You know, I'll tell you what. I, I will say that I think it's it's more the um, the more the former than the latter. I, McLaurin's a good receiver, man. I, he was the guy that when Devontae left, and there was talk about the Packers trading for kind of a top line wideout in the offseason, McLaurin was the guy that we talked about on this podcast that I circled as the guy I wanted. I think he's a little under the radar nationally because the quarterback play in Washington has been pretty bad the last few years. But even with poor quarterback play, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. McLaurin can ball, man. He's a really, really good wide receiver. Um, And I I think that we got a dose of why I think he's so good yesterday. Um, He makes plays. There's a reason he got paid the way he did. I I just think he's really good. And Wags, I actually, I I, I said it the week before too, the Packers kind of got gutted late. 
I don't mind it if they're going to be aggressive. I like that Jair's on their best receiver. And yeah, he's going to get beat sometimes. If we're playing man-to-man, the quarterback's going to take a shot once in a while against Jair. That's just going to happen. Sometimes he's going to beat, but I think more often than not, Jair's going to make that play. Um, so so grand scheme of things, honestly, yeah, it sucks. We lost. It, you know, it went the wrong way. It went south. But I'd much rather that than us sitting on our heels, letting them gut us all the way down the field. I like that we were out there trying to make a play, daring them to make a play. They just happened to beat us. But I'll I'll accept that because I think more often than not, Jay Alexander's going to make that play for us, especially in big games when we need him uh, down the road. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I was just asking the question. No, um, no so I think it's important to ask that because um, I think some people are going to get on the corner, right? And and some guys yeah. are going to, you know, knock Jair. But, like, J- cornerback, more than any other position, you've got to have a short memory because you're going to get picked on, and some days you're just going to have a bad day. I don't think Jair had a bad day. He played really well. It's just, unfortunately, big moment, got beat by a really good wide receiver. But that's going to happen. Well, sometimes. and Heineke is, you know, he's not a great quarterback. Let's uh, don't make no yeah. bones about it. But he is a gunslinger. He he channels his inner Brett Favre, his idol, right? I mean, like some of those balls he was throwing up, uh, literally, we could have gotten four or five interceptions yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that touchdown that uh, McLaurin, it, it was a good throw and catch, but Jair was draped all over him. I mean, uh, so it couldn't have been better coverage, to be honest. And that last throw, I mean, that was just so lucky. That's just so frustrating. That's like in a baseball game when someone pops up, uh, you know, and bases are loaded and four guys are are circling and not one of them can get under the ball to catch, Mm -hmm. get the out. Uh, That's like that. That was what that catch reminded me of. Um, You know, you, you do that play over 10 times and I don't think that gets completed nine of those times. So, um, you know, it's frustrating. I realize, but um, I I completely agree. So Dane, I I don't know if, is there anything else that you want to touch on defensively? Again, I Campbell looked good. I thought Campbell looked like the guy that we had last year. That was the best game of his year so far um i i can attribute some of that to the uh the coordinator as well i think they're putting him in a little bit more comfortable position uh a couple times we talked about it wags um getting him out there as the lone inside linebacker a little bit more and just mixing him in and doing that. And and he's popping off the field a little bit more. So I was excited to see that. I thought Rashawn Gary didn't have the best game against the run, but I, you know, again, just a, a motor uh, and, and gets after the, the uh, quarterback uh, in a, in a fury. And then I'll also say JJ Enigbare wags another sack yeah. for the young guy. And that's big. If we can find another young pass rusher that even in spot play, can make a play here and there. That's two weeks in a row that Enigbari, I think, jumped off the screen a couple of times in the pass rush. That's huge for us. So I, I don't want to overshadow that either because that was very good to see him play ball that way. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing about the defense yesterday, there were so many just 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 the ball just didn't bounce our way enough times. There were so many opportunities that could have gone our way. You mentioned Anikbari, um almost got a, a, str- a strip sack as well. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Heineke was able to just somehow lurch his arm forward and it was an incomplete pass. Um, and Razul Douglas, um, you know, he would like That's to have That's the difference that in the game over. right there, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, honestly, like, I feel really good about the fact that I called that he was going to get have lots of opportunities to get his hands on the ball, but Razul, take advantage of it. I know the fumble wasn't his fault. No. You, you, we get the penalty, call it back, but like, oh man, he he had he he should have had at least two interceptions in that first half. So um, so anyway, uh, Dane, before we wrap up and hit on our Leap Spirits Players of the Week. Uh, I, I got to throw it over to you. What do the Packers do here with with uh, a punt return? Because I, honestly, I am going to tear my hair out if I see any more of Amari Rogers back there. Yeah, I think it's done. I think um, I think the Amari Rogers experiment should be done. I, I think it probably should have been a couple weeks ago. I hate calling for a guy's job. I really do. It's not my thing. I don't like. Should have been done last year. I it probably should have been done last year. And you know he's a third round pick, but I don't care. It's time to move on. I think Bill Belichick's a good example of a guy who, over the years, you know, didn't care about draft but to pick. It's like who's performing. Let's just keep those guys around. And I, and unfortunately, Amari Rogers, you can't put the ball on the ground the amount of times that he's put the ball on the ground over the course of a very young career and expect to be worked in. Um, you know, I think offensively, he's had a hard time getting on the field. Uh, he's been pulled out of kick return 
duties. And now punt return yet again puts the ball on the ground. I'm not comfortable with him back there at all. Um, overall, special teams, Wags, I think has been pretty solid this year outside of a couple blocks that last week. But, I mean, Mari Rogers has been the one glaring issue that we're seeing. And uh, the biggest challenge, I think, if you're the Packers, um, is who do you replace him with? The backup would have been probably Randall Cobb. Shannon Sullivan's in Minnesota. Um, we don't really have a logical punt returner, so perhaps he's no longer on this team and the Packers are looking off the free agent market for somebody who has some experience returning punts unless they have another in-house candidate that we're not fully aware of. But Amari Rogers, um, we saw the figure, five catches, five fumbles. I think he now has six catches and five fumbles in his career. That's just not going to cut it, and it's a production uh, league. And unfortunately for him, he just hasn't been able to produce. Yeah, I don't want to be beat a dead horse, but it was just malpractice that this front office and coaching staff didn't bring someone in preseason to compete mm-hmm. for that job. Uh, you, you mentioned Romeo Dobbs as a potential possibility, but to my knowledge, he hasn't gotten any reps back there. Um, no. I believe he did return punts in college at Nevada. Uh, so you know, it makes me a little bit nervous with his hands though, because he's, he's not been the, you know, the most solid holding on to the football either. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to ruin Dobbs's confidence because I, I, although, you know, he's, he's been a little inconsistent, like you would expect as a receiver, um, unless he's clearly, you know, the right man for the job. I, I, I don't know if I'd want to go in that direction mm-hmm. at this point. Um, you know, honestly, you know, we bought David Moore off the street. I don't know what he's doing right now, uh, but there's got to be guys on the street that can do that job. And if all Amari Rogers is doing on the roster is doing that job and he's not doing it well, and you've made this point, then why not waste a roster spot on a guy that all he does is is return punts and maybe he could return kicks as well. So, um, you know, they need to be aggressive in addressing that. Uh, I, I'm fr- quite honestly, uh, the lack of accountability in some of these things is just baffling. And that's also sending the wrong message to the team and to the fans and to the rest of the organization. Yes. Um, so yeah, you're right. I know Goody doesn't want to admit defeat on a young player that they invested a, a, a higher pick with, but the guy just doesn't have it. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to, you know, just call someone out and call for the job too. But he, we've seen enough um, at this point. He's been playing in the league long enough. Um, he he can't return punts, and he's not good enough to get on the field as a wide receiver. It's time to move on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Dane, I think that leads us to players of the week. And I know it's kind of been kind of hard to to do this segment. Um, brought to you by Leap Spirits. Uh, Leap Spirits, uh, of course, has a commemorative uh, bottle commemorating Leroy Butler being enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. Leroy Butler, of course, is one of the co-founders of Leap Vodka. Uh, so, folks, uh, go to go leapspirits.com so yeah. and um, click on Find Leap Spirits to find Leap Spirits or Leap and Lemonade uh, in a retail store or restaurant near you, only in Wisconsin. Uh, so, Dane, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Um, I'll let you. I'm not going to name a side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you randomly select uh, who you're going to nominate first for Leap Spirits Player of the Week. I mean, it's not every day I, I select an offensive lineman. I'm going to say Zach Tom. Getting a start at left tackle, I thought the offensive line, he, maybe he's holding this for the entire offensive line, but if we're going to name one guy, my Leap Spirits offensive player of, of Week 7 is going to be Zach Tom. Played really well at left tackle, had really high grades, but more importantly than the grading, which I think can be skewed at times, he passed the eye test. He he yeah. he um, He had some help. I don't care. He played really good football wags. And if they can find another guy to help solidify this offensive line, it's the best they've looked all year. And I think Zach Tom was a big part of it, especially coming in in that spot start. I just, I, I don't know if I can name anybody else. And I think he'll carry the torch for the entire offensive line this week. Yeah. I think Aaron Jones is maybe a, you know, a, um, uh, honorable mention totally. at, at worst. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be fine with Zach Tom. You know, I nominated the offensive line as an X factor. I know. Um, and I th- I thought they were up to the past, the offensive line as a whole. Um, coming off one of the worst offensive line performances that I've seen as a Packer fan in my lifetime, uh, honestly. And mm-hmm. they played, I thought, really well. You know, we didn't get the, you know, 
the big runs, obviously, yesterday, but uh, we only ran the ball 12 times. So um, it, it's hard to say whether we got, gave uh, Jones and Dylan uh, enough touches in the run game. Um, and, and again, I know all the reasons for that. You know, we just, we can, you got to get first downs. But um, nonetheless, uh, you know, they kept Aaron Rodgers clean. He was barely touched all day. And um, I thought they were opening up holes uh, when they did get some opportunities um, to get some, some decent uh, down and distance situations uh, for running the ball. So um, I, I'm good with Tom. And, and I, I, I thought the offensive line as a whole did their job yesterday and unfortunately it just didn't um convert into offensive execution the way that you'd like uh but uh, that passing game uh man it was just uh didn't get the job done um so dane then on the defensive side i think you hinted earlier and the guy that i was going to throw out there was definitely devondre campbell um 12 tackles yesterday pick six uh three three uh tackles for a loss um i mean the dude did what he needed to do to help this defense be successful. Um, you know, you can't, I don't really have a lot else to add to that. Um, you know, the defensive line, I thought, did a pretty good job of keeping both he and Quay, uh, uh, you know, freed up. They weren't getting eaten, eaten up by blockers. Um, Quay had 13 tackles yesterday as well. Um, so both of those guys were able to roam and, and do the job. I thought Quay had missed a couple of tackles, but, mm-hmm. you know, still had a pretty solid game outside of that. But definitely Devonder Campbell, I think, is the uh, defensive player of the week for me. Yeah, no argument there at all. And I will say something didn't mention before. I really liked Walker's um, pass rush ability. We saw him uh, rush the quarterback a couple times. And I know there's going to be a different time and place to probably talk more in depth about that. But really good to see Quay Walker uh, get after the quarterback. He showed a knack, I thought, yesterday when he was unleashed. But certainly Devondre Campbell. Wags um, is the my as well the leap vodka uh, player of week seven on the defensive side. Just uh, you know, cleaned up the tackles, played really good football. Yeah, David is uh, calling out. It's not a pink shirt. It's a it's a crazy like Wisconsin red shirt, David. I, I think it's just the lighting here, but I appreciate you calling me out on the pink shirt. But um, <laughs> um, uh, we've got some more comments here. So, Dane, I almost feel like we just got to touch on a Let's couple more of these before we sign off. Um, we, we've got a comment here from Lee 86 and Lee thanks thanks for jumping on here um uh, if and when this trend of bad ball continues when do we make extreme changes IEJ love at quarterback 12 seems incapable of playing within the Matt LaFleur offense and with young players why not try love at some point um so Dane what 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 do you have to say to that to Lee um I, I'm just kind of curious because I think that is a, a little bit of a sentiment some Packer fans I asked you at the top is the season over yeah. uh, so some some folks are kind of looking ahead at the schedule and are wondering geez uh, like when is it when is this just time to throw in the towel yeah not a three and four I get the sentiment Lee um, but NFC has not looked very strong this year and I think the Packers believe it or not although in the NFC North are a couple games back right now they theoretically are still kind of in it. I mean, the Buccaneers are three and four with Tom Brady as well right now. Um, we've seen Packer teams, um, and I'm not saying I'm predicting this, but we have seen Packer teams dig out at times in previous years. Um, so I, I think that once mathematically eliminated and some of that other stuff, we'll probably have that discussion, but that's a ways away at this point. So I would say, um, you know, we're talking a ways down the road because some things you just don't really come back from. And, you know, maybe benching Aaron Rodgers for an extended period of time may end his time in Green Bay. So I just don't see that as happening in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I did say maybe we should have traded Rodgers last March. And I stand by that, by the way. Maybe we should have. We would have had $50 million more in cap space, a bunch of draft picks, um, but not in the middle of the season. I, yeah, I think, you know, you've you got to stick with the team. That's not sending the right message to the locker room at this point. Um, so I, I, I understand the question, uh, Lee. So certainly not getting on you for asking the question, but um, I don't think we're at that point either. Not yet. I mean, look, even, you know, there's a lot of football left. I mean, I don't expect pack. I'm not going to pick the Packers to beat Buffalo this week. I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I always root and expect 
think the Packers are going to win, but this was this will be a hard one to 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 kind of get my hands wrapped around. But uh, you know what? No one thought the Packers had any chance going to Arizona last year. Um, you know, we we were down in like half our wide receiver core, and we've seen this in years past. Something about everyone betting against Aaron Rodgers seems to bring out the best in him. And I don't know if it's going to happen this season. But I will say this. I'm not going to count him out. Not yet. Um, so uh, even if it doesn't happen next week, look, you know, we, we, we've got tougher games ahead on the schedule. But Lions, in theory, if we can start playing better, that should be a game we should win. Um, you know, if the way we're playing now, probably not. But in theory, that should be a game we should win. Uh, the Cowboys, they've looked pretty good defensively. Um, but you know, we've got, we've got some uh, opportunities here. They're not world beaters offensively either, either. So, and that's back home at Lambeau. So let's just get through these next few weeks. Give this team a shot. Let's, let's be fans and root for them optimistically even though there's not they're not giving us a lot to to hope for right now and you, you never know we've seen this story unfold before where we've counted packers out and counted Aaron Rodgers out and somehow they've surprised a lot of people and dug and clawed their way out of it and, and made it happen so maybe this is a year we just want to find our way into the playoffs at 9 and 8 somehow some way and who knows? Maybe by then we're playing our best play football of the year. That's two months from now. A lot can happen in that mm -hmm. time. So um, am I predicting that to happen? Not yet, but uh, let's not uh, uh, discount it at this point either. So right. uh, maybe I've got David maybe I've Anderson. got my green. Yeah, maybe I've got my green and gold covered gl colored glasses on right now. I don't know, Dan. No, this is good. Now I'm hyped up. Um, you're telling me we're going to the playoffs, Wags? Let's do this. Um, David Henderson. Um, guys, if we take an L versus Buffalo, how much likely or how more likely do you, we go after a wide receiver via trade to help with the vertical passing game? Um, David, it's, it's a good question. It's one that the Packers are going to need to determine um, if they think that they're a receiver away from maybe making the playoffs. And do they want to give up draft capital to go get a wide receiver? Or do they determine maybe they're more than a wide out away from the playoffs and they just kind of hunker down and want to keep as much draft capital as they can? So I think that remains to be seen. Whether they win or lose this week, how realistic do they think that they are you know, close enough to being competitive that they need to be able to go out and use a draft pick. Yeah. Um, so, but that is a great question. Great because, question. Um, at that point, you're looking at the record and you're thinking, uh, going back to your question earlier in the podcast, Dan, are we really buyers or are we sellers? And so, um, you know, if you're looking at three and five, it's hard to, to think that, okay, to your point, are we a player away? But maybe that's the adjustment we need. Um, it, it's yeah. one of those situations where um, the injuries might make that decision for us. Um, we, we might need to just go out and get a guy or two just because uh, the depth is getting tested, let alone the talent overall in the wide receiver room. So um, so we'll have to hang on and see what happens there. Um all right, uh, Dean, anything else that you want to touch on no, before I mean, we sign this off? This is awesome. You guys are great joining us tonight. We, you know, we started getting Facebook Lives right before this season, really. Uh, but you can always find our podcast on any Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Please rate us, like us, tell your friends. But it's really been a fun experiment, Wags, for us to be able to jump on and see comments and have you all. We see you coming back week in and week out. We love you for that, even in the losses. You guys are sticking around, so we really appreciate that. True fans here. Yeah, uh, group therapy here. Um, that's that's right. what I always say. So um, echo that sentiment. We'll be back on Thursday night, 7.30, to preview that Buffalo game. So, uh, folks, thanks again so much for joining us. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say